6: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to the Jack Benny program from 1950, then William Conrad, Stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on a gripping western adventure of Gunsmoke from 1956. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Hey, what's happening in the world of Hollywood? I know you're a Britney Spears fan. Oh, yeah.
7: Okay, so she's not just a pop
6: legend. Uh-huh.
7: She's also a fine artist. Did you know that?
6: No, I had no See, idea. See, some
7: people have skills that we don't or know. She paints draws? she paints. I yeah. guess she may draw as well. She sold an original painting at an auction for $10,000. Wow. Now, that's something maybe not for her. It's not a lot of money, but
6: for, <laughs> well, for you the know, average person. For,
7: maybe not for you either, but for Mike and for me, <laughs> it's a good amount of money. So, Look
6: who's talking. The girl with her own private Jet over yeah, here. Yeah, well,
7: at 14 cents an hour, I've got a long <laughs> way to go. So the um, painting is called Four Flowers. She donated it yeah. to a charity auction for Vegas Cares at the Venetian. Yeah. Robin Leach is running the sale.
6: Okay, sure. You remember Robin yeah. Leach from, I think it's... The Rich Life's, and Famous show or Yeah, The Lifestyles like
7: of the Rich and Famous. Right, yeah. He has a great voice, doesn't yeah. he? Robin Leach here. It sounds very similar right. to
6: yours. I'm going to do the rest of the show like this. Oh, I think not. No, probably <laughs> not.
7: Uh, this was her first public art sale. Right. And, of course, the proceeds go to Vegas Cares, which is honoring the victims of the Las Vegas shooting oh, on October
6: 1st. Right. very nice of her.
7: I think her residency might be over in Las Vegas, but now she has more time on her hands to... Does she to, want to move uh, to
6: Chicago and hang out with me?
7: I think she's delving into her new painting hobby. Maybe I, you could have a studio I was in your home. major. There you go. You guys are perfect for each I other. I really
6: was. And then I switched uh, over to communications because I wasn't what? very good at it. I and thought I, you were studying to be an astronaut. Uh, I oh, did. Too? I, well, I had a long career in college. I studied to be an astronaut. I took up space. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah.
7: So anyhow, I'm going to check in with her, let her know that you were an art major, and maybe this is yeah. a match made in heaven.
6: Oh, yeah. Well, I like Britney Spears I'm going to tell her that. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know, I like her music, too. Me, too. I like her. I like her music. And I'll probably like her paintings.
7: And you'll probably like her, maybe. Yeah.
6: Maybe I'll show her my etchings.
7: That would be perfect. Yeah. Good. So it's all good. I'm yeah. so glad I talked about it today. Thanks,
6: Lisa. Thanks. What a matchmaker you are. I know. Me and Brittany. I'm Cupid. All right. Well, last time we began listening to the Jack Benny program from January 29, 1950, A Trip to New York. Here's the conclusion now. The Jack Benny program.
3: When you're in New York, don't forget. Oh, I'll get it, Mother. Hello? Oh, hello, Dennis. Are you all packed and ready to leave? Yes, Mr. Benny. Good. I'll see you on the train.
5: Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Mr. Benny. What? If you bring the parrot, cut her nails, they scratch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look, I'm not bringing the parrot. Then cut yours.
8: <laughs>
3: I will, I will. Goodbye. Rochester Boss, the cab is
8: waiting
3: out front Oh, well then, Rochester, you take care of the luggage I'm going to take the cab and pick up Miss Livingston Well, Mary, we're almost to the station And no time at all will be New York bound
4: Yeah Say, Jack, I'm going to live at the Sherry Netherlands Where are you going to stay in New York?
3: The usual place, the Acme Plaza Hotel
4: <laughs> Oh, Jack, not that awful joint
3: Oh, it isn't so bad, Mary, now that they've put in a heating system.
4: Some heating system. You step into the lobby and the clerk hits you in the face with a hot towel. Mary,
3: that towel comes from the Waldorf Astoria, and that's class. (laughs) Sister. (laughs) Say, Mary, when we get to New York, are you going over to visit your folks?
4: Oh, I sure am. As a matter of fact, I received a letter from them this morning.
3: Your mother and father? Well... What do the Ichabod and Mr. Toad of Plainfield have to say?
4: I've got the letter right here in my purse. You've
3: got a cold, too.
4: <laughs> here it is.
3: Go ahead and read it.
4: Huh? Okay. <clears throat> my darling daughter, Mary, I would like to make this letter a lot more personal, but your father's leaning over my shoulder. <laughs> I would tell him to go away, but this is a cold night, and it feels good when he breathes down the back of my neck.
3: Why does he try a hot towel? <laughs> In the Waldorf Astoria.
4: <laughs> Too bad I didn't think about writing this letter New Year's Eve. On that night, your father's breath could have kept me warm and given me a Tony at the same time. <laughs> you
3: sound a little like Andy
8: Devine. Right?
3: <laughs> I just want to show George I'm working good tonight.
4: <laughs> Mary, dear, isn't it a shame that you're coming east on the same day your Uncle Lou has to leave on a trip? If your trains pass and you wave at him and two hands wave back, one belongs to the deputy sheriff.
3: <laughs> oh, in again, huh? <laughs>
4: This time, your Uncle Lou was innocent. Oh, sure. It seems that last Tuesday at midnight, he broke into the First National Bank. He's innocent. As he stood there in front of the vault with a blowtorch in one hand and a bottle of nitroglycerin in the other, two policemen grabbed him. They wouldn't believe he was making a deposit.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's a tough break for the kid.
4: When they brought him to court, your uncle pleaded his own case and was acquitted of the charges. Oh. However, they gave him ten years because during the trial, he had his car parked in front of a fire hydrant.
3: <laughs> he'd have gone on a bicycle, he'd be a free man today.
4: But, Mary, I want you to know that when your uncle arrives in Alcatraz, he won't be an ordinary prisoner. They've given him an unlisted number.
3: So much for Uncle Louis.
4: So much for... Jack, stop reading over my shoulder.
3: Oh, I thought I saw something about your sister, Babe. Oh, yes, here
4: it is. I'll read it to you. Mary, here's the most exciting news of all. Your sister, Babe, is going to get married to some drummer named Sammy. (laughs) No. I don't know how Babe met him, but she insists on me calling her Lady Ashley.
3: I'll be darned. Is that all, Mary? Yes. Uh... Well, we'll be at the station pretty soon.
4: Jack, how much does it? Oh, never no, mind. What is it, Mary? No, no, never no, mind. No.
3: You were going to ask me something. What is it?
4: Well, uh, how much does it cost to ride in a taxi from Beverly Hills to the Union Station?
3: Now, isn't that funny? I was curious too, so I checked with the company, and it costs a dollar and cents. One eighty-five. Yes, they even itemized it for me. See, in order to operate a cab over that distance, they figured this way. Gas, 32 cents. Oil, 6 cents. Wear and tear on tires, 9 cents. General repairs, 12 cents. Insurance, 29 cents. Leaving a total of 97 cents, which goes to the man behind the wheel.
4: I wondered why you were driving. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hey, cabby, how do you like the way I... Isn't that cute, Mary? He's fast asleep on the back seat. (laughs) Cabby, wake up. We'll soon be at the Union Station. Well, Mary, here we are at the main entrance. First thing I'll do is check my bag, and then I'll...
4: Jack, what'd you stop for?
3: Mary, as much as I like to travel, I just hate to walk into this station. Everybody who works in there drives me crazy. That train announcer, the man behind the magazine counter, the ticket agent... Everybody.
4: Well, Jack, nobody else seems to have any trouble. It could be your fault. How can it be my fault? I never do anything but
3: ask some straight questions.
4: Well, let's go in and get it over with. All right. Well, go on, Jack. Go validate the ticket. Okay,
3: okay. Don't push me. Well, here's the ticket window. Oh, mister. Mister. May I help you, sir? Now, wait a minute.
8: All I said... Uh... <laughs> Huh? huh?
3: I said may I help you sir? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to have you validate my ticket. Why, certainly. There you are sir and may you have a very pleasant trip.
8: <laughs> well,
3: thank you. Thank you. By the way, where's the other fellow who used to validate the tickets here? Oh, uh, uh Mr. Nelson, he isn't here anymore. You see, Mary's not here anymore, so it wasn't my fault at all.
4: I guess not, Jack.
0: Attention, please. The super
3: chief for Albuquerque, Kansas City, Chicago, and New York
1: now loading on track seven.
3: Hey, that train announcer wasn't silly at all, was it? Something wrong, sir? No, no, no. I was just thinking, that train announcer, he's new, isn't he? Yes, he is. The other fellow isn't here anymore. Well, good, good. You know, Mary, this is the first time I've ever enjoyed going through this Union Station.
0: Attention, please. The super Chief, now departing.
4: All aboard. We'd better hurry, Jack. That's our train. Right behind you, Mary.
3: Well, Mary, we're on our way to New York. Rochester's on the train, and I hope the whole... Hiya, day... Jackson. Oh, hello, Phil. Hello,
4: Mary. Hello, Dennis. Did you see Don? Here I am.
3: Well, we're all on. And, Jackson, I want to thank you for letting me take Sammy along. He's on the train, too. Good, good.
4: You know, Jack... This is the first time we've ever started on a trip with you being so happy.
3: Well, why shouldn't I be? For once, I got on the train without running into a lot of crazy people. I got a nice compartment here, too.
4: Hey, look, we're pulling into Pasadena.
3: That's right, kid. We stop here for ten minutes. Hey, Jackson, how about a game of gym? Okay, Phil, get out the cards and... Hey, uh, Jack,
4: while we're stopping here, I'm going to step off and get a magazine. Mary, you
3: stay here. I'll get one for you. Phil, deal the cards. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, dee da da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. Oh, gee, they got a nice station here in Pasadena. See, where's the entrance? Oh, here it is. Let me see, where's the magazine counter? Oh, there it is over there. Yeah, da-dee-da-dum, 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 dee-da-dum, dee-da-dum. Oh, mister,
8: mister. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Train leaving on track five
8: for Anaheim, Azusa, and two coming down.
0: Not him, too. Hey, look, blue eyes, you want a magazine or don't you?
8: <laughs>
0: well, certainly, that's why Train I. Train
8: got... leaving on track three for all points south and Tennessee. Well, really? shut my mouth, a magnolia tree. <laughs>
3: Oh, for heaven's sake. Now, calm down and tell me which magazine you want. I'll take this one right here, Coronet.
0: Put on your glasses. That's a phone book. (laughs) A phone book? If a man answers, hang up. if you don't stop being
3: so crazy, I'll report you. Crazy? Me? If you're not, why have you got that flower stuck in your
2: ear?
8: Oh, is that still there? (laughs) What?
2: I was afloat in the Rose Parade. (laughs)
3: Mister, I don't understand you at all. Do you enjoy aggravating me? Oh, do I! <laughs> well, I've had enough. Give me a magazine, any magazine. My train leaves in five minutes. Good. I
0: couldn't stand you any longer. <laughs> oh, nuts!
8: Train now leaving on track eight
3: through Illinois to New York State, South Pacific. A. Kiss me, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, get back on the train <laughs> and That's what I better do, too Hey, Jackson, you better hurry up We're pulling out of here son. Coming, coming I didn't have so much trouble here I'd have been there so- Hey, Bud
8: <laughs> Bud
3: Huh? Come here a
8: minute <laughs> Look, look,
3: I'm in a hurry Where are you going? New York what train are you taking? The super chief. Uh-uh.
8: What?
1: Take the El Capitan. But I got my tickets on the super chief. The El Capitan will beat it into Kansas City by three lengths. The, the El Capitan? Get a load of that position. It's on the rail. What? And look at the breeding. It's by Santa Fe out of Los Angeles.
8: <laughs>
3: Gee, maybe I... Jack, you better hurry. Okay, Mary. I'm sorry, mister, but I'm not taking the El Capitan. I'm going to stay on the super Chief.
1: Well, okay, if you want to take a chance on a sleeper.
3: <laughs> You're darn right, I do. Boss! 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 Hurry! Coming, Rochester, coming. Jack.
8: There, I'm on. Oh, Mr. Nelson. Yes. Yeah.
0: He's on the train. So he is. Are you all packed? Uh-huh. Well, then, let's hurry and get to the airport. Ooh, will he be surprised when we greet him in New York?
8: Ooh, will he?
3: Ladies and gentlemen, next week our program will originate in New York City where we open the American Heart Association campaign. Good night, all.
2: Be sure to hear Dennis Day and the day in the life of Dennis Day.
6: And that's the Jack Benny program, January 29, 1950, trip to New York, starring Jack Benny and all his gang, is heard on CBS. When we come back from the break, it's Gunsmoke. smoke. Don't go away. More Hollywood
0: 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
6: Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across the country on nearly 200 radio stations. Our website is Hollywood360radio.com. And it's time now for Gunsmoke, a good Western adventure. Let's go back to February 5th, 1956, for legal revenge. Here's William Conrad in part one of Gunsmoke.
0: Gun smoke around Dodge City and in the territory on west. There's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke.
2: Gun smoke, starring William Conrad. The transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely.
5: Sam? Kitty, what do you have? Uh, I'm going out to Delmonico's for something to eat. If Marshal Dillon comes in, tell him to wait, will you?
1: I'll send him on to Delmonico's.
5: No, he's to wait here. It's Doc who's trying to find him. Oh.
9: You look tired,
5: Sam. I do. I've been tending bar for 12 hours steady. Well, what happened to the help you hired last night?
1: You had the wrong idea, Kitty. Huh? I'm in business to sell whiskey, not give it away to anybody who needs a drink and can't pay for
5: it. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? It
2: was till I caught him at it?
1: <laughs>
5: uh,
2: hello, Kitty. Sam. Yeah. Oh, Marsha?
5: Matt, you are to stay right here at the bar. What? I promised Doc if you came in, I'd keep you here. He's been looking all over town
2: for you. Oh, I thought Doc was delivering a baby down on Salt Creek.
5: Well, he got back about a half hour ago.
2: Oh, what does he want me for?
5: It's about some trouble with a man and his wife called Tebbs. Tebbs? Well, not where he delivered the baby. This was in a sod hut about a mile above the crossing.
2: Ah, well, well what about him?
5: Here he comes. He'll tell you. Here he is, Doc. Oh, fine. So you're a good girl, Kitty. Yes, you are. You're a good girl. I might never have found him.
2: What's all this about these Tabs people, Doc? Well, they're having trouble, Matt. Oh, what kind of trouble? Well,
5: I
1: stopped by to say hello and get acquainted. and uh, Well, you know. Oh, sure. (laughs) But the woman, she didn't act like she wanted anybody around. And then I heard the man yell at me from inside. She tried to stop me, but I went in anyways. He was lying there in the bed, Matt, with a bad knife wound in his leg. Oh? Yes. It's festered and it's giving him a fever and I don't think he can walk with it. How'd uh, he say what happened? Well, he claimed it was an accident, but he was holding a six-gun under that blanket, Matt. Well, what for? For his wife. He scared to death of her. I think she knifed him, and I think she's waiting for a chance to finish him off. You better get down there, Matt. Maybe too late already.
6: And that's the first portion of Smoke. More after these words.
0: Now back to the best in
6: classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. Before we get back to Gunsmoke, I want to remind all of our listeners about this magazine. Look at this, Lisa. Look at this, Mike. The January issue, the new, brand new and improved Remind magazine. It is now full color before when we were promoting Remind in 2017. It had a uh, little bit of color and mostly black and white, but now for 2018, it's new, it's improved, it's now 79 pages instead of uh, 64 pages, and every page is full color, and I got to tell you, this is uh, this is my favorite magazine of all magazines, Remind, not only because they're our sponsor, but because it's uh, all about the nostalgia days, it's all about classic TV, classic movies, Radio, and uh, new and improved. And look at this. Look at this. On the cover, they take a theme every single issue. The theme this issue in January is uh, 1968, and you have on the cover Goldie Hawn. You have Bewitched, Gomer Pyle, The Beatles. Richard Nixon, Elvis, Spock, Bonanza, uh, you name it. They have it in this magazine. It's awesome. And I write an article for every issue of Remind Magazine. My uh, my article was about Rod Serling and Twilight Zone in this particular issue. Um, we also have our schedule for Hollywood 360 in here. It's all kinds of trivia and fun and games and music and brain teasers. Remind Magazine, folks. If you are not subscribing, you're missing out. You could be getting this magazine sent to your home every single month. Just go to remindmagazine.com. That's remindmagazine.com. And if you're in any uh, Walmart store or a Barnes & Noble store, they sell it on the newsstand there. You can check it out. So check out remindmagazine.com. All right, time now for the conclusion to Gunsmoke.
1: I reckon this at Tab's place. All right, Mister Dillon.
2: That's the way Doc described it. All right, Chester, including the wife out there hoeing in the dirt.
1: She's letting on she don't see us.
2: Yeah. I didn't expect we'd be very welcome here.
1: Just wait till she finds out you're a marshal.
2: And I'm not going to tell her, Chester. Not right off, anyway. Hello, on, ma'am. Hello. Ah, we were looking for a drink of water.
10: Crick's over yonder.
2: But you got a well here.
10: Water's no better than the crick.
2: Okay, we'll use the crick. But, uh, first I'd like to talk to your husband.
10: My husband? What about?
2: Oh, I just, uh, wanted to get acquainted.
10: He ain't here.
2: Ah. Well, we go get a drink, then we'll come back and wait for it.
10: No. Who
0: are you talking to, Flory? Who's out there? Nobody. Now you
10: stay quiet. He's feeling poorly, mister. I don't want nobody bothering him.
2: Well, we won't bother him.
10: You stay out of there.
1: Well, then I'm coming, too.
2: You better wait outside, Justin.
1: Yes, sir. That hut can't hold more than three people anyway.
0: Hello. Hello. Oh, I knew I heard somebody. Your wife says that you're sick, Tibbs.
10: I told you to leave him alone. I told you not to be troubling him. Well,
2: I'm only being neighborly, ma'am. If he's sick, maybe
0: I can help. So you're a neighbor, mister?
2: Well, my partner and I are planning a homestead nearby. As soon as we can decide on a good piece of land.
10: Oh, you get it staked out, then you come see us, mister. Everything will be fine, then.
0: Now, uh, Flory, don't be that way. Me being sick and her having to do all the chores makes her kind of edgy, mister. And being up nights, that's what's hardest on her. I ain't complaining. Yeah, I know, Flory, but I can tell. Mister, I got an idea. Said you wanted to help. Uh, Sure, sure, anything I can do. Be willing to sit up with me tonight? No, Ben. Ah, you need some rest, Flory. You see, I got to I got a fever, mister. I get to tossing him asleep. sleep. I throw off a blanket, all like that.
2: Uh, you don't look like you've been
0: sleeping at all. Huh. Will you do it, mister? Sit up with me?
2: No.
10: No, he ain't gonna sit up with you.
0: Well, why not, ma'am? I,
2: I don't mind.
10: Because I ain't gonna sleep in here with no stranger about. That's why.
2: Oh. Well, I didn't think she would. Look, uh, I'll tell you what... I'll spend the night on the ground outside, if you don't mind.
10: We do mind.
0: Rory you ain't acting like a wife. You ain't acting like a wife at all.
10: You can stay, mister.
0: No, fine, good. Wait a minute, mister. Yeah, what? I was just wondering if... Maybe tomorrow, if you'd be willing... I ought to get into Dodge and see the doc. There's a wagon outside. No, you don't. Oh, Shed up.
2: Well, sure, we'll take you in, mister. We'll be glad to.
1: We really gonna drive him into Dodge tomorrow, Mr. Dillon?
2: Yeah, we better.
1: Well, why don't she want him to go?
2: Well, I guess Doc was right, Chester. She put a knife in him and no, she's trying to finish him off.
1: Well, if he's got a six-gun under his blanket, why don't he just shoot her?
2: Then who'd take care of him, feed him? He's getting more fever every day, and he can hardly walk anyway.
1: Well, he sure can't last much longer with him staying awake, trying to keep an eye on her all the time.
2: Yeah. Chester... I think I'm going to go in there and tell him who I am and load him into a wagon tonight. This has gone on long enough.
1: Reckon you better, Mr. John. Yeah.
2: Where's your wife?
0: She went around back, mister.
2: Look, uh, Tebs. Hmm? I'm going to take you into Dodge tonight.
0: You are? Oh, that'll be fine.
2: Except for Flory. You want to tell me what's going on here? What do you mean? I'm not a homesteader, Tebbs. I'm a U.S. Marshal. Huh? That's right. And I'm going to take you into Dodge, Flory or no Flory. You need sleep and you need care. Oh, well... Now, you can tell me your story when you want
0: to. No. uh, There's no story. I just got hurt a little is all. Yeah, look here, Marshal. You gotta understand, Flory. She don't, she, she don't mean what she says. She gets all riled up over nothing. She, well, you know how women are. What are you trying to say, Tibbs? Well, I, I'm, I'm fine, right here. And Flory, yeah, she's a good nurse, Marshal. You mean you don't want to go to Dodge? Oh, or... gosh. Shucks I'll be up and around in a couple of days. Don't you worry about me. All right. And I'll be
2: back. Chester. Chester.
10: Get your hands up and turn around,
1: Marshal. She's got a shotgun, Mr. Dillon. And I'll use it too. She was listening at the window.
2: My hands are up, Flory. I'm
10: taking your gun.
1: She got my gun, too, Mr. Dillon.
2: You're making a bad mistake, Flory.
10: I won't have you nor nobody else meddling where you don't belong. Now get your horses and ride out of here.
2: All right. But we'll be back.
10: I'm going to be setting right by that door, Marshal. First thing I see or hear gets a load of buckshot.
2: It won't be us, Flory. But we'll be close enough to hear if you do shoot somebody.
1: I I couldn't help it, mister Dillon. She come ooching around the side of the hut, and I didn't even see that cussed shotgun till it was too late. Yeah,
2: neither did I. What are we gonna do? Yeah, there's nothing we can do tonight. But tomorrow in the daylight, how oh, we got our rifles. We'll think up some tricks for her. <laughs>
1: I don't see her around no horse, Mr. Dillon.
2: Uh, she must be inside the hut, Chester.
1: Well, I hope she don't come charging out of there with that shotgun
2: blazer. That <laughs> would be a bad way to start the day, wouldn't
1: it? I can't think of none worse, especially on an empty stomach.
2: Uh, now, there she is. Hmm? Now, wait a minute. It's all right. She isn't armed.
10: Come on over here, Marshal.
2: Now, what's she up to? Yeah, it's hard to say with a woman like that.
10: I thought
2: you'd be back this morning. Yes, and I told you we would. We're going to take your husband into Dodge, ma'am.
10: You're too late, Marshal. Too late? He died during the night. What? It's too much for his heart. He always did have a weak heart.
2: Where is he, Flory?
10: Lying there inside, Marshal. Why? Don't you believe me?
2: I believe you, but I want to have a look at him.
10: What for? I got him all wrapped up in his blanket, ready for burying. You'll go dig a grave for him if you want to help so much.
2: All right, we'll dig a grave after I've seen him.
10: You got no respect for the dead, Marshal?
2: It's the living that bothers me right now, Florey. I'm going to have a look at him now, Florey.
10: You're no better than a coyote, Marshal. You
2: don't have to watch.
10: I'll go ahead. I don't care.
2: I'll unbutton his shirt here. All right, what did you use, Flory?
10: Use... For what?
2: I might have known he couldn't stay awake forever. He fell asleep and you stabbed him in the heart with a needle or something. It doesn't show much, does it?
10: All right, I'll tell you. Don't matter none anyway. I I killed him.
2: Why would you want to kill your husband, Furry?
10: husband? He wasn't my husband. He killed my husband, Marshal. We never seen him before. He rode by here and started trouble. Over me it was. My husband pulled a knife, but but he shot him. And I swore I'd kill him for it, and I did.
2: Why didn't you explain all this to Doc Adams when he was out here? Or to me last night?
10: And let you take him and hang him? I had to kill him myself, Marshal. It's a promise I made my husband while he was dying.
2: And I'm going to have to arrest you.
10: You can't do nothing to me for this.
2: You murdered a man, Florey.
10: You're wrong, Marshal.
2: You just admitted it.
10: Well, I ain't doing no more talking. You take care of him, and we'll go into Dodge. But I won't be in jail long. You'll see.
2: Now, good morning, Chester. Good morning, Mr. Dillon. What you got there? That's a mail. Oh, did you pick it up? Yeah, I picked it up. I was down there anyway. How's Florrie? She ain't said a word. Go get her, will you? Go get... What for? She was right, Chester. I can't keep her in jail.
1: But, Mr. Dillon, we just Go can't... Go get her, it off, will you? Will you? <laughs>
2: yes, sir.
1: Come on out, Flory.
10: You're turning me loose?
1: Not me. Mr. Dillon
10: is. It's about time.
2: Morning, Flory.
10: Not much of a jail you got, Marshal.
2: Well, it's not strong enough to hold you. Of course it ain't. Flory, the man you killed, you told me you've never seen him before, huh?
10: I never had.
2: What was his name?
10: George Bassett.
2: What else did you know about him?
10: He was wanted. Dead or alive. He was wanted.
2: I got a circular on him in the mail, Chesters. It's there on my desk. A circular Well, forevermore. How did you know he was wanted, Flory?
10: He said so.
2: Now, that's hard to believe.
10: Now, he told me. When he was bothering me. Before he killed my husband. He said one more wouldn't matter. I guess he planned to kill me, too, later. Only he hadn't figured on getting cut up. And he needed me after that.
2: Oh, yeah. well, Why didn't you tell me this out there, Flory?
10: I didn't think you'd believe me, Marshal.
2: Well, maybe you were right. I never heard of George Bassett before.
10: You heard of him now?
2: Yeah. Um. Uh, There's gonna be some reward money coming, Flory. Marshall? Yeah, what? You say it. Say what, Flory?
10: Please.
2: How? That you don't want the money? That you wouldn't take it?
10: Thank you, Marshall. Thank you for saying it right. I I feel some cleaner for that. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye, Flory. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Helen Klebe, Lawrence Dobkin, and
0: Stacey Harris. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNair is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story on
6: Gunsmoke. And that's Gunsmoke from February 5th, 1956, with Legal Revenge, starring William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, and that was heard on the CBS radio network. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
9: Hi, this is Sarah Knight-Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Molly's Game, Rated R, is a crime drama based on the true story of Molly Bloom, an Olympic-class skier who ran the world's most elite high-stakes poker game for 10 years. The film is based on her memoir and stars Jessica Chastain as Molly Bloom. Idris Elba plays her lawyer. Let's take a listen. This is a true story, but except for my own, I've changed all the names.
2: And hey, Molly, my weekly poker game is moving to the Cobra Lounge. You'll help run it.
7: I was in a room with movie stars, directors, and business titans.
9: They were going all in, all the time. Thank you, Molly. This
0: is for you. Thank you so much.
9: She was arrested by 17 FBI agents in the middle of the night in New York City in 2013. Unbeknownst to her, some of her other players even included the Russian mob. Here's another clip.
0: Have you seen the other names in your indictment? Come on, Monty, just out deep into the Russian mob. Where are you? Your exposure's crazy. You got $2.8 million on the street right
1: now. You're going to get blown up. You managed to build a multi-million dollar business using not much more than
0: your wits. I'm about to be charged in federal court. Well, nobody's perfect.
9: The bottom line, I'm in. Three stars out of four. The fast-paced dialogue between Molly and her lawyer is an outstanding example of screenplay writer and director Aaron Sorkin's lively script. The film does need to be tightened a bit more as it drags in spots and has too many loose ends. At times, it's a little hard to follow. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on Sarah'sBackstagePast.com. See you next week.
0: Now back to the best in classic radio.
6: On Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. I want to remind all of our listeners about our surprise boxes. This is a lot of fun. Isn't it fun to get a box in the mail? You come home, and there's a box, and you're like, what is this? You open it up, and it's got something you actually want and like in it. Well, you can get a surprise box of classic radio shows on cd or you can get a box of uh, classic movies and television shows on dvd or a surprise box of the twilight zone radio dramas on cds how do you learn about this just go to hollywood360radio.com hollywood360radio.com as soon as you go there there's a pop-up and it tells you all about this new fun program we have for you but i gotta tell you folks it's not going to last. These uh, these surprise boxes will be gone as soon as the warehouse is depleted. We have uh, tons of product in the warehouse, but just in one week, we've had a lot of orders of the classic radio shows on CD, the classic movies and TV shows on DVD and the Twilight Zone Radio Dramas on CDs. So order them now. Now they are ninety nine each, but you get $150 worth of uh, product in each one of these surprise boxes. And uh, that's quite a deal, right, Lisa Wolf? It is a deal. You know what? You like a deal. I right? like
7: surprises, too. <laughs> and, yeah. And
6: you know what? People have been texting us and emailing us mm-hmm. and telling us how much they enjoy this. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com and check out our... Surprise boxes. And when you're there, make sure you scroll down and click on our free app. It's an old-time radio app for your phone. Get 10 free classic radio shows on this free app. Check it out. Those are for the people that are into apps and all that, like you, Lisa, and you, Mike. Me, eh, I'm not into the apps as much yet. Well, you
7: can stick with the CDs and DVDs. Yeah,
6: well, you know what? I want you guys to teach me about apps. Can you do that? Is that too big of a... uh challenge you'd
7: have anything? to you'd have to know your apple id
6: yeah well so forget it then I, right I don't there. know my Apple ID. all right well next time we're going to tune into treasury agent and then it's the bickerson so that's all next time here on hollywood 360 we'll see you then